podcast was brought to you in association with Penguin Random House India, which has published reading Sri Aurobindo to celebrate the 75th year of India's independence and Sri Aurobindo Ghosh's 150th birthday anniversary. Hello and welcome back to the Kitabi Karwan podcast. In one of the last few episodes of this particular season, we have a very, very interesting book and series of editors for you. Today, we'll be talking with Gautam Chikarmani and Devdeep Ganguly, the editors of Reading Sri Aurobindo, a handbook to Sri Aurobindo Ghosh's voluminous writing, which covers the literary world, philosophy, politics, economy, and it is honestly a huge deep dive into the work of a person who, which very, very honestly, I, despite claiming myself to be an Indian, modern Indian history buff, was not aware of. Uh, without giving much away, let's jump right into the interview and talk to Gautam and Devdeep about their experiences with Sri Aurobindoji's work and why they particularly chose to go about doing this. Hello and welcome everyone to the Kitabi Karwan podcast. Today I have with us Gautam Chikramani and Devdeep Ganguly who've edited an absolutely fantastic book, uh, which at this point of time, I feel ashamed to admit that I did not know the depths of the person that they spoke about that is of course Sri Aurobindo Ghosh. Uh, I for one prided myself in the fact that compared to most people I do like enjoying uh, reading about Indian history and modern Indian history particularly and even though I knew about uh, Sri Ghosh in a very let's say textbook kill manner right you know you the one that you know in school and that's about it that he was one of your all your freedom fighters and that he did move away uh, from the movement into uh, spirituality. The depths of his uh, wisdom and his work, particularly in terms of the plays and poems and the vast uh, text that he's produced was something that was unknown to me. So uh, first of all, thank you for bringing this to us. And before I uh, jump to the questions, I'll give both of you about, say, a minute, 30 seconds to a minute to just speak briefly about the book and let our audience know uh, what this book is about. Gautam, you want to go first? Uh, no, you go first. <laughs> so this is a book where, you know, Sri Aurobindo wrote a very vast, has left behind a very vast body of written work. So his complete works add up to 36 volumes. And so the idea of our book is to present these 36 volumes through the eyes of persons who have engaged with these volumes so it's not a summary of the volumes we are not we are not trying to present all the ideas that are there because that would be impossible but it is a kind of uh, an introduction or a reading that is done by each of these persons so in addition to Gautam and me there are 19 other persons who have written for our book and we have selected these persons because they have a lot of engagement with their respective volumes and so through this book, we hope that uh, people like you, Siddharth, your introduction is, you, you just hit the nail on the head. You are our audience. Uh, pe- persons like you who are well-read, who uh, have an interest in, uh, in Indian history, in Indian culture, and in general, you're curious about the world. And uh, you may have heard of Sri Aurobindo only in passing, but through this book, we hope that more and more persons will recognize and realize the extraordinary depth and vastness of his works and will be able to approach it directly. 
that's that's actually a very uh, i'm so sorry uh, uh, if you had anything to add gautam yeah um, i think devdeep has expressed it very elegantly uh, it's about 6 million words 21000 pages uh, he said that uh, uh, you know all our experts have engaged with one volume uh, but even that i think is, is stretching the term because i have read all the volumes and i know that i haven't read any of the volumes uh because and that is because uh, each of the chapters within a volume let us say the the strength of stillness or on money or on the powers of the mother or uh, uh, the uttar para speech anywhere be, be it is political writings philosophical writings or spiritual writings even a single chapter can be uh, an area of vast and deep study and i say this uh, uh, not only in terms of the spirituality of sri aurobindo but also just the intellectual explorations that i have seen being done about around other philosophers such as kant such as socrates such as plato such as uh, any of the political philosophers economic theorists and uh, i think e- even to say that you know to read a book is also just the beginning in my opinion once you assimilate it and once you start engaging with even uh, uh, one chapter i mean i i hope our book becomes a bridge for you to read the primary readings which is the main objective of our book it, it is to it's a, it's a bridge uh, uh, once you start reading sri aurobindo aurobindo in the original you will yourself see the truth of what i'm trying to tell Uh, mm-hmm. the way he in which he has explored indian culture sanatan dharma uh, the u- global unity each of these is, uh, is in itself a huge uh, a field of work and to that extent uh, our book is barely a drop uh, in the ocean no it's i completely agree with what you guys just said because as i mentioned in my introduction uh i mean as much as i'm aware that a lot of our freedom fighters and earlier political workers were very in, the intellectual prowess knew no bounds they did write a lot about the political work that they were bringing to the table but for me this was an eye opener to i knew that he was you know he set up the orbindo ashram and he moved towards spirituality post uh, 1910 but that was the be all and end all of it i had no idea of his literary prowess or of his philosophical prowess or what he writes about spirituality and the it's it's actually a very interesting way you put it that it's a bridge to the primary writing the uh, re- readings that she or been those come up with so what germinated the idea to make this bridge for uh, i don't know for readers was there a particular experience or uh, i don't know what popped this idea in both of your heads a date uh-huh. 15th august 2022 uh, okay. was the 150th birth anniversary of she or been Okay. In your introduction, you said you learnt about him in your textbook. I would like to see that textbook sometime because in my readings, Sri Aurobindo has been cancelled. Oh. I did not read about Sri Aurobindo in any textbook. Oh. I, I didn't see his his work. I didn't see him as a freedom fighter. I saw him as a road, Aurobindo Marg, on which I would drive every day without knowing what Aurobindo was. By the way, there is no such thing as Aurobindo. The name is Sri Aurobindo, or mm. in his political life, Aurobindo Ghosh. Mm-hmm. uh so uh, so the 150th birth anniversary and for the past 20 years i have been reading sri aurobindo every day trying to get a grip on what i believe is the world's greatest uh, philosopher greatest rishi ever 
but then everybody has a right to his own her own opinion that's my view so when the 150th birth anniversary was coming and i saw how sri aurobindo has been completely neglected by the political class by the education institutions by our entire education policy and sri aurobindo is not alone he is one of the several people who have been uh, cancelled uh, then i realized that maybe uh, we should do some uh, some work some adventure uh, around his ideas they are an adventure by the way once you read it mm-hmm. you, you will understand uh so i thought let me start by uh trying to see what i can uh, how i can introduce this 36 volumes to an average reader right i began the project and i realized it is beyond my capabilities right i called devdeep devdeep is uh, he teaches at the sri aurobindo international center of education in uh, what is known as the ashram school he is a product of the ashram school his parents were Uh, ashram uh, from the ashram school so he is a third or fourth generation uh, ashram school he too has read a lot of sri aurobindo and he teaches a lot of sri aurobindo's books so i thought let's get together uh, between you and me we'll be able to uh, find uh, some sort of a, a way uh, to explore sri aurobindo we realized this is beyond us again even two people can't do this hence we called upon our experts those whom uh, we know have engaged with a particular book in a particular way some of them teach some of them read some of them practice uh, across diff- different spectrums some are men some are women some are in india some abroad so we got a wide spectrum of people who have engaged with sri aurobindo's works over a, over time and we requested them to join us in this adventure thankfully everybody said yes and, and so we knew that this project had something going for it Right. uh we outlined uh, the process this is the way to do it you know so many quotes so many words such and such many of them expressed the view that we we can't write and uh, compress uh, you know a, an 800 page book into 2000 words but we said that needs to be done so all together we all came together and made this as an offering uh, to sri aurobindo right, sure. offering in the sense, not only in terms of a spiritual offering or a um, intellectual offering but also in terms of uh, like none of the none of nobody is getting paid anything for it all the money is okay. going to the sri aurobindo ashram we found a partner in penguin and yeah. uh, i think that's uh, the book behind you behind you stands testimony to all our efforts right right i mean and uh, just to answer your question that you'd asked me about my textbooks because i i i remember exactly how i remember sri aurobindo and it's i feel very again ashamed because uh, not that i don't hold him in any regard but this is the thought process of a 14 year old i think when i think that's the first time you we were reading modern indian history and i remember uh, so his name was very easy to memorize for the list of freedom fighters that we had to put down i am not kidding and that is exactly how i had uh, remembered sri aurobindo ghosh uh, because uh they used to uh, and from the era that he was in i mean there used to be some uh, really heavy names back then and that's the only context in which i knew his name and uh, i just happened like you know just in some one time to be googling or like going through wikipedia reading about that time uh and when i clicked on his name and something t- like his page popped up and that's when i discovered his shift to spirituality as well so you're absolutely right he has i'm i'm and like a lot of the other freedom fighters from the earlier eras as well uh have been very have been woefully neglected by the education system that is a fact that stands uh 
but it's a very interesting uh, idea that for the 150th birthday of Sri Aurobindo Ghoshi is uh, a very interesting book that's come out. What uh, the next thing I wanted to ask both of you is, uh, what led you to this to Sri Aurobindo ji? Let's let's put it that way, uh, because I mean I get that Devdeep you went to the, uh, the school over there, like the as it's colloquially called called the ashram school, but. what was your first, if you if you re- recall that is your first uh, let's say how did you bump into shri orbindo ghosh's work in any way whatsoever or uh, what's the first memory of you i mean i mean i don't want to use the phrase but your opening of your eyes right like to his work so i mean as gautam mentioned for me i grew up in very much in this atmosphere so there were names that i was very familiar with shri aurobindo and his spiritual associate mira alfasa whom we refer to as the mother so that was very much the environment of my growing up but uh, the first time that i came across any serious text of his uh, was entirely um, by coincidence i was 12 years old and i write about this in the conclusion of the book i was 12 years old and for christmas you know we have a, a tradition here of giving gifts and so on and somebody gifted me an adult i don't know who um but i got this in my christmas bag so to say there was a tiny booklet called the philosophy of the upanishads written by shri aurobindo and it was completely beyond me i mean it is still a very difficult yeah, text Uh, but but it was there in my sort of gift packet if you want to call it and when i was turning the pages i said oh my god i don't understand anything but you know it makes me feel very uh, intelligent if i am if i am um, reading this and so i struggled with that book i used to read line by line and somewhere i had this conviction that if i can understand this then i will become intelligent but jokes apart much later it was in at the college level when i think for me at least the writings of shri aurobindo became more and more uh, um sort of directly relevant and uh, very powerful i had the privilege here at the ashram college it's a college level i should say because it's an it's a it's an unconventional schooling system it's an alternative uh, system of education that we follow here but at the college level uh we had the uh possibility of taking up the various major works of shri aurobindo as subjects and to go deep into them and so initially starting with a few i eventually read a number of them with very very good teachers and professors and these classes were more in the nature of discussions we went deep into the ideas and the study of it and for me that was one of the highlights of my education here and uh, the result was that uh, by the time i finished at the age of 20 21 i had a fairly wide exposure not deep because that depth is something that comes over years of study but there was a wide exposure to his writings and i can say at least this much that i recognized fortunately the tremendous value that they hold for me as an individual but also for us as a nation and for humanity collectively so that was kind of my entry into the writings of shri aurobindo okay. and subsequently it so happened that i was also teaching in the two college students and i continue to use many of those texts and i engage with those writings uh, over the last uh, almost 20 years oh wow. uh, that's that's quite a journey and what about you gautam what how did you stumble across if i if i was stumbling in the first place 
So I, uh, the first book that I read uh, of Sri Aurobindo's was given to me uh, by uh, a neighbor and now a friend. Uh, and it wasn't written by Sri Aurobindo. <laughs> it was written by Satprem. I don't know if you know this, Devji. The Adventure of Consciousness. And when, as I began to read that book, it, was, it just blew my mind. And of course, once you start reading, uh, you, you then want to read the original texts. And then from there, the journey began uh, in, in, into uh, reading his original texts. And uh, one by one, I began to read all of it. Uh, I think I've read about 30 out of the 36 volumes, maybe 32. Uh, uh, but uh, that was the starting point. The, the ideas, the even the, to use the word idea is very small. I think the consciousness that is there in those words, uh, it, it presents itself to you in front of you. You feel a presence uh, when you read Shiorabindo. And that presence comes in different ways. For instance, if you read his political writings, uh, you, you stop slouching, you, your back becomes straight. Uh, they are so inspiring. Uh, if you read his philosophical writings, your mind begins to understand the world much better, far more clearly uh, on the same issues that you may have read other philosophers as I had earlier. And of course, every, uh, while every of each and every word that he's written is spiritually imbued, uh, the hard spiritual writings, for instance, Life Divine or Synthesis of Yoga, uh, once you read them, it's, it's like a, you travel across time, you travel across space within the confines of those words. Uh, you know, I'm not even expressing this accurately right now. Uh, it's an experience everybody has to go through. Reading Sri Aurobindo is an experience. The way Devdeep would read, let us say, the human cycle, and the way I would read Human Cycle, both of us in the same room at the same time, within the same time frame, our understanding of the human cycle would be different. Not only that, if I were to read Human Cycle today, my reading of my past uh, year would be different. And that's because of, again, Sri Aurobindo's idea that man is constantly evolving. And as you evolve, you change your mind, you see new facts, you experience new uh, things that happen and accordingly your understanding uh, changes. So uh, to that extent, what people in a limited way call a classic, I think Sri Aurobindo is beyond. Uh, it's, uh, I don't have the vocabulary for it. Uh, having said that, uh, reading Sri Aurobindo is not easy and uh, you, you got to be very careful, uh, you know, how you start. Okay. So, Gautam, if you don't mind me asking, uh, you mentioned that uh, it was your neighbor who gifted you a copy of Adventure of the Consciousness. Uh, when was this? At what age was this? Because we know Devdeep started quite young. I mean, I, even though at 12 is too young to be reading something that serious, but he had some level of exposure starting at a younger age. What about you? Was this a childhood event or was this into your adulthood? I envy Devdeep so much. Because he was born into that consciousness. He was born into right. that atmosphere. Right. And he was born into, uh, you know, had somebody not given him the Upanishads, somebody else would have uh, presented him with, let us say, uh, SS Divine and Human or something. For me, I'm a complete outsider. I'm an intruder in, 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 into uh, Sri Aurobindo, uh, Sri Aurobindo's world. I was 30. Okay. It took me 30 okay. years before Sri Aurobindo found me. 
No, and actually the reason I asked that is because between the two of you, it's a very unique experience, right? Because they've, exactly because of the fact that you pointed out, Devdeep was born into that atmosphere where even though you might not have read the writings, people around him were practitioners, right. if I can put it in that sense, right? People who were, uh, who... At least uh, aspiring, yeah. Aspiring pra- practitioners, people who are aware of what, right, uh, on a superficial level, at the very least, what no, they no, are. No, no, uh, allow me to correct you. I think it's yes, a very please. matter of fact for Devdeep's right. family, who I now know, mm-hmm. Aurobindo mother, they are people whom they have touched. The mother has blessed his father. They have they have right. worked with the mother. They have spoken to the mother. Right. It's that, and it's a very matter of fact way. I think uh, it's it, it, it's like life itself. You know, it's no big deal. He, mother is there. You have a problem, she will solve it. That kind of faith that has developed not across, not through a, a mental reading or a spiritual awakening or a sadhana, but right. just as a matter of she's there. It's like a parent. Right. So that that is what Devdeep has been born into. Me, okay. I've been born into the 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 dregs of Delhi, fighting away <laughs> the outer world, the politics, the economics, okay. and all that. So I, I just wanted to clarify: it's not just yes. the word; it is just yes. a state of being. And you're very lucky to be yeah, but, part of. You know, having having said that, Siddharth, I mean, mm-hmm. I I really I agree with Gautam fully, and I'm very I try to be as um, uh, sort of conscious and I acknowledge uh, the fact that I've had this opportunity and this occasion to grow in an atmosphere which is quite unique. Having said that, once whatever your starting point, at the end of the day, it is what you do with it. Absolutely. And so it is, it is what you do with the knowledge and how much you are able to put it into practice. You can read a lot and uh, not go very far. But definitely the reading and the atmosphere and all of these things are very powerful aids. So I so I just want to sort of add that little thing. That acknowledging whatever Gautam has said, ultimately it's the aspiration of the individual. So Gautam may be in the dregs of Delhi or whatever else, <laughs> as he calls it. But by the sheer dint of his persistent uh, quest, you know, he, he he's on his own journey, regardless of whatever background we may come right. from. So we've right. had an interesting... Uh, engagement given that we come from different worlds and Gautam uh, highlights this in his introduction in the book uh, which is a which is an interesting point that he makes right no I absolutely agree that obviously it boils down to the persistence of the individual as to and I mean it this goes beyond Sri Aurobindoji and it applies to most things in life that you might read things or you might try to attend classes or do whatever about to gain knowledge on a certain thing but unless you persist and implement it in your own life or you try to push forward to make it a part of your life it won't happen my uh, curiosity actually comes from the fact that it's very rare to find two people who have uh, two different perspectives in which they've studied the same uh, let's say I, I, I don't want to call it topic but the same uh, kind of material that you're studying right and uh, Gautam I mean uh, at the way I look at it you had a very different yet unique opportunity right you had this opportunity, as you call it, being of being born in the dregs of Delhi or living there and dealing with the politics. But at the same time, being able to apply Sri Aurobindo's uh, advice or words into the real life, right? Into a, into a world where there, there are people in front of you who aren't uh, believers or practitioners or uh, people who haven't interacted with this philosophy, but you get to implement it in that life and see how it works out. So that's a very... Uh, I would, I would personally put it as a unique perspective so that you could see uh, 
well things that are happening to you because of the very yeah, I think, access I think, to the think, great knowledge I think the you word you are the word you are looking for and the word that expresses it very accurately at least for me is mm-hmm. blessing i was yes. just blessed that it just so happened mm-hmm. and that slight touch that began with a small book mm-hmm. uh, has now of course grown into another book behind, uh, already but uh, it's a blessing to be part of uh, sri aurobindo's consciousness and when you do read sri aurobindo you do get into his consciousness right and uh, yeah all this uh, you know physical neglect academic neglect intellectual neglect political isolation etc are all they, they become meaningless once you enter this uh, world of right. sri aurobindo right so that i just want to so is a universe is a textual universe uh, and uh, you enter this universe uh, and the world changes your your the universe changes when you step out you are a changed person yeah. right devdeep you had something to add yeah i just wanted to sort of reiterate and highlight what gautam said right at the beginning of our discussion that you know all the 21 people who have written for the book including us we really come from very different backgrounds and we wanted the book to uh, feature as much diversity as possible so whether it's regard to men and women um uh, academic academics non academics indians foreigners young people old people so we didn't only go to people who have you know who are experts for decades we also tapped into uh, some of the young young scholars and others who are working with sri aurobindo's texts and so one of the things that we want also want to show through the book is that he is somebody who is accessible to a wide variety of people in different professions in different fields of life different backgrounds he does not write for a limited class of persons even his most of his writings i would say it is not even necessary to be a devotee you know in the sense of an adherent not necessary you can engage with his thoughts and with the what he presents irrespective of how you you know feel as a uh, as an adherent or not it's really irrelevant um in fact most of his writings came out in a journal called the arya which was not written for devotees it was written for a much wider audience and so that's one of the things that we want to highlight through our book that there's a lot that people can take from sri aurobindo regardless of background right no and and you you you're right when you say that because when i was just uh, going through the book and reading it something that i realized is it's very interesting when someone with let's say uh, again esoteric is not the correct word but someone who has political philosophical or, or let's say theoretical thoughts right about things also comes out with literature right apart from translations he has his own plays and stories and poems that he's written which are again which form an excellent gateway for again to carry forward your analogy for non devotees to kind of engage with a person's thought process because Uh, try as you much your fiction always reflects the thought process of its authors or the thinking that goes into it so uh, i fully agree i mean there are uh, i mean with someone with such a wide variety of work at his disposal i think it becomes easier for masses to kind of gain access to him it's a pity that people still haven't uh, been able to due to systematic failures but that's a tale for yeah, some other time just just to take just to take and slightly digress from uh, devdeep's point uh you don't need to be an adherent you don't need to be 
believing in anything in order to read Sri Aurobindo. But the biggest returns that you can get from reading Sri Aurobindo is if you read him integrally, which is the integral yoga that he talks about, of which faith is an important aspect. So karma and knowledge, of course, uh, will help you get there as well. Uh, you can even approach him with cynicism and you and will be transformed. But to get the best results out of reading Sri Aurobindo, uh, I think you have to read him integral, integrally. And if I might say so, and it may be a strange thought, you have to read him with your body, not just with your eyes. Th that presence is very much, uh, it gives you an understanding which very often you cannot articulate through words, but that it sits in your being somewhere. Uh, so Devdeep, yeah, I, I agree. An, an, an adherent, you need not be an adherent or have faith in order to do this. But if you do, I think your understanding will magnify. You know, Gautam, I, I like the way that you put it once, the formulation that you gave once, that it's not with the hermeneutics of suspicion, but with the hermeneutics of, uh, respect. Uh, of respect. Yeah, of, of respect, of that, that, that mindset certainly uh, opens the door much more. Uh, because he here is so he's a I mean if I can just digress for a minute Siddharth just think about the experience of this person right here is a person born in India he goes to the to England at a very young age he has his entire education pretty much his entire education there he goes to Cambridge he aces whatever he's studying at Cambridge he refuses to join the Indian civil service comes back, he joins the Maharaja of Baroda and he is there for the next uh, little over 10 years that he is there in Baroda, during which time he plunges into a study of Sanskrit, Gujarati, Bengali and before that in England in Cambridge he has gone deep into Latin, Greek, English literature. He knows these languages very well, even German and even Italian and then he comes he comes uh, in India, he's plunging into Indian thought and philosophy and culture. He takes up the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, Kalidasa, um, Vyasa, Mahabharata, Ramayana, all these texts. He has a thorough and deep entry into all of them. He launches into political action, right? So another sphere of his life where he is, you know, taking up leading this political action against the British, one of the first people to say boldly that, no, we want full independence. There is no compromise with the colonizer. And we have the ability to forge a nation. We have the ability to rule ourselves. And then he has these remarkable experiences when he is in Alipur jail, he is imprisoned almost for a year, most of it in seclusion. And he has these incredible experiences. He continues the political work afterwards and then follows the the inner command to come away to Pondicherry and he says later that now independence is guaranteed. I am certain it is coming. Political independence is guaranteed. It's a question of time. Others will take it forward. But there is a greater independence, a greater bondage of human nature that has to be addressed. And he gives the rest of his life, 40 years in Pondicherry, towards that. I mean, just think about that the depth and diversity of that experience in one lifetime and you you get you you kind of get a glimpse of what to expect when you read Sri Aurobindo you get all these perspectives uh, beautifully synthesized 
integrated and um, so, sort of uh, transformed by the principle of a spirituality in life. So it's quite an extraordinary, um, uh, you know, personality. Yeah, I mean, when you put it in that particular description, I think uh, it'll be, let's say, overwhelming to hear in itself that how can one man encompass so much? <laughs> and yeah. that, that in itself makes him a person whose works are worth reading. Just to take our discussion forward, uh, I mean, I, I hesitate to kind of classify Sri Aurobindoji's works into fiction and nonfiction because it's much, much more than that. But uh, personally, for both of you, uh, which of his work or maybe like a class of work has stood out for you maybe in terms of what it, how it impacted you personally or maybe in your professional life or it helped you address a particular problem or a phase of life that you're going through? Um, because there are so many of his works and I'm pretty sure all you've engaged with all of them across different phases of your life. But has there been any particular work that stood out? So for, for me, I think there are a few things that really touched me more than others. And um, it's also something that changes with the passage of time. So when I was in school, I remember reading some of his plays, which are very accessible uh, to any, you know, student of literature. So there are these beautiful plays such as Perseus the Deliverer, which is based on a Greek story, but then he brings in all the classic elements of Sri Aurobindo into the play. And by that, I mean, there is, uh, uh, there is aspiration for something higher. There is a change of consciousness. There is a faith in humanity. There is a faith in the possibility of growth and change. So that kind of was a very early introduction. I mentioned to you earlier about the philosophy of the Upanishads, which I tried to read, but obviously couldn't when I was 12. But when I was much later in college, when I was 19, I read his commentaries on the Isha Upanishad and that moved me very profoundly. It was a very powerful experience to read his commentaries on the Isha. The Isha Upanishad is a text which is just 18 verses, 18, you know, shlokas. And he has... Uh, he wrote multiple drafts of commentaries on the Isha. If you add up all the drafts, the book comes to something like 600 pages on those 18 verses. And those, even the draft commentaries are extraordinary. There is one of them, which is a dialogue between a guru and a student who are discussing the Isha Upanishad, but using examples or, or using contemporary events like the French Revolution, um, uh, uh, modern English literature and so on to explain the Isha Upanishad. So that was another text which was really fascinating for me. Um, then another uh, series of essays which I liked very much were related to Indian culture. He responds to a critic of Indian culture and he writes about the Renaissance in India and what he calls a defense of Indian culture. And he goes deep into Hinduism, religion, spirituality, Indian art, and he brings out the deeper values of those things in that particular volume. That text was very inspiring for me also. And it led eventually to, uh, you know, more deep readings in the Gita, in the Vedas, in the Upanishads, and so on. And finally, I was asked to teach the social and political philosophy of Sri Aurobindo at the Ashram College. And so though I had read those texts, it, I went much deeper into them when I actually started teaching them to undergrad students. 
and so that was a that was another journey of discovery which is ongoing and uh, that that is again a very different sri aurobindo it's the same but it's 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 cast in a different mold he is writing for a much more cosmopolitan audience he is addressing problems of global interest no longer just india specific or indic culture and so on so i i would say these are some of the ones that have really touched me and one last one which i'll mention is uh, his sort of epic poem savitri uh gautam will have a few things to say about savitri i guess but for so for me again when i was very young uh, maybe 14 or 15 um i was quite intrigued by this book and again it's a text which is not accessible in the normal way it's a very profound and difficult text uh, full of symbolic meaning with a certain mantric quality like the sound you know like poetry when you read aloud it has a the sound has an effect on you savitri does that at a much profounder level and so every day for years i would read one page of savitri in the evening oh. that continued for that continued for at least almost 10 years and so i went through the book multiple times as a result of that so i was not reading it the way i would read a normal text i would just read a page every day and stop and that again had a very different effect what what gautam referred to earlier in the sense of an atmosphere or consciousness of the book so i think i, I to, to to summarize my answer to your question i have engaged with each of these texts very differently sometimes uh, much more academically sometimes much more through the heart sometimes much more uh, the in terms of the effect it has on me in the way i see the world and that is classic sri aurobindo uh, because he is really so global and universal that when you read him you have the same kind of effect it opens out all different directions in you right that's that's quite a detailed and interesting answer there uh, gautam you know, you want to add your uh, narration to it Yeah <clears throat> so among the first books that i picked up of sri aurobindo was his writings on the mahabharat it's a very thin book and why i picked that up was because i am interested in the mahabharat now i've been reading the mahabharat as a child i've read almost all the mahabharats ever translated into english i don't know sanskrit but at some point i will and read the original uh so his perspective into the mahabharat suddenly changed everything for me about the mahabharat in fact i went back to reading the mahabharat with that perspective in mind and i saw a different mahabharat emerge like sri aurobindo mahabharat also is a universe it's a textual universe you enter that universe and you become part of that universe you take learnings from it the entire sanatan dharma the all our darshanas all our philosophical traditions spiritual traditions rituals places of worship everything is there in the mahabharat but when you read the mahabharat after reading on the mahabharat by sri aurobindo the mahabharat you read gives you new insights different insights for me that was uh, definitely and and i go back to the mahabharat every time i on the mahabharat is one of my favorite books i have read them uh, read it several times in fact in the mahab uh, i'm i'm not much of a ramayana fan but because on the mahabharat uh, in in on the mahabharat sri aurobindo has talked about the two writing styles the two poetic styles of ved vyas and valmiki in a brilliant contrast 
and uh, I began to get interested in the Ramayana as well, although I haven't explored it the way I have explored the Mahabharata. The other book that I enjoy very much is a mother, and, and curiously, both the books that I enjoy very much are very small and thin books, small books. <laughs> and in fact, chapter four, uh, particularly, which is where he talks about money, he says mm -hmm. money is a force, money is a visible sign of a universal force. And just this one line can keep you going for an entire lifetime, trying to understand what this money is, how it, we know what it, it expresses itself through notes, through cowries, through bank balances, cars, etc. But the force behind what, what it, those are only the physical manifestations or digital manifestations. The force behind them is what Sri Aurobindo talks about in that chapter. You must read it. Uh, it's there, I think, uh, volume uh, 29 or something. I, I don't remember right now. Gautam, you were the editor of Outlook Money when you read that, right? That's right. Because <laughs> I thought, let me see what he has written. You know, I, I'm engaged with money. Uh, so let me see what Sri Aurobindo has written. I mean, I, it just came to me from the side. And when I read it, it, it changed a lot. I mean, it changed my perspective about money itself. And even till today, about government finances, international transactions, etc. There is, I, I see the the, the, the manifestation, the the, the, the theoretical anchoring uh, that Sri Aurobindo has provided. Uh, another chapter that I like very much is in essays in philosophy and yoga called the 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 the, the strength of stillness. It's a three-page chapter, and in just that one chapter, I think he's encapsulated everything that needs to be said or un understood about silence, about stillness in a world that is jumping from one, uh, one point to the next all the time in search of meaning, in search of distraction, in search of entertainment, etc. That one chapter will you know, ground you in ways that you know you'll never imagine. As far as Savitri goes, uh, it's a book that I have never been able to read. I read a few lines and I get... Yeah, I get blissed out. I'm mm. unable to go forward. Uh, the maximum that I may have read must be a quarter of a canto. Uh, like Devdeep reading one page uh, a day for 10 years is news to me. Uh, but I don't know how he did it because you can't read Savitri. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's very different, particularly uh, from the dregs of Delhi. Savitri is the sublime heights. <laughs> and uh, getting there is extremely, extremely difficult, I must tell you this. Had Savitri been the first book I would have picked up, I may not have moved further on Sri Aurobindo's at all. So, so, so the books also choose you, by the way, Siddharth. Absolutely, uh, I the agree. Book you, the book you pick, uh, it chooses to be picked. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not just in the context of Sri Aurobindo Ji, but like as a bibliophile, I completely agree. Like it's, it's so, I, I don't know uh, if you follow Harry Potter, but it has the saying that, you know, the wand picks the wizard, not the other way around. And I think the same goes for books. Like when you walk into a bookstore, uh, I think ever since I was a child, I've experienced that. So I completely uh, agree that it's the book that picks the reader, not then the other way around. At different times, uh, the, the political writings have influenced me. At other times, uh, philosophical writings have uh, grounded me uh, and uh, the spiritual writings of course uh, they are a different kind of writing because the grammar is different the, the vocabulary of Sri Aurobindo is different this is where Sri Aurobindo brings out his entire thing so uh, those are 
probably you should touch them at the end uh, if you are beginning to read Sri Aurobindo. However, that has been my experience. Yours could be completely different. Uh, Devdev, he could start with Life Divine, although I, I, that's a big risk. But, uh, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know this for a fact that I'm going to be starting. I'm quite, I mean, your book did its job really well. I do, I, like, I have been thinking and pondering over which uh, volume to pick up and, you know, where to start so where have from. You, what, are, what are the three likely volumes you're likely to pick up? I, I have I have no idea, but I am thinking of, uh, actually, I thought of picking up Savitri. I know, I, I mean, since the moment I read your uh, bit about, uh, you know, you not being able to read it, I've been fascinated by just the idea of uh, a book that is fundamentally so heavy for its, uh, you know, but actually I planned to do something uh, similar to what Devdeep had suggest, uh, did in his life, like read, not, maybe I might not end up doing it for 10 years, but uh, I, w I figured that it'd be a very interesting place to start off with, um, but I know, so I know it's case, a very bold choice. It's a very brave choice. But in case you want to start with that, Devdeep, you should tell him what the mother said uh, about how to read Savitri. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, that was one of the reasons why I read it that way, where she says, like, you, you, you read a little every day at a certain time and not to use your mind too much in trying to understand mentally the words, but to try and allow the meaning to kind of imprint itself in you. And honestly, I mean, uh, I really think that with a little habitual reading, you you get into the rhythm of the text, and you try you start understanding the way in which Robindo is, uh, you know, sharing what he is in that book because it's a spiritual autobiography of Sri Aurobindo. He's kind of recounting what he has done and what he has done within himself and what he's trying to do as also the story of the mother's own experiences and life, but in a very, very symbolic way. So once you get that perspective and you read it, then you realize that, you know, it's not a book that you can understand very rationally. And yet the mind uh, adapts itself, tunes itself to the way that these profound messages are being conveyed. And it becomes very interesting there. And there are certainly, even after all, all the num I have, even if, even after having gone through the book a number of times, many passages that I just do not understand, but I don't even try to understand in that way. But there are many passages which are very inspiring, very beautiful, which you clearly can make sense of. And every reading that you do, you come back to that those passages after maybe a year or two. And like Gautam said earlier, even with the other books of Sri Aurobindo, but especially with Savitri, new layers reveal themselves you have your understanding deepens you grow with it so it's like it's it's a reading which you know when gautam said in, to try and read integrally it's like when you're reading it's not just your mental comprehension that is engaged but it also changes the way you see yourself the way you see the world the way you understand things the way you relate to it it's quite fascinating so it's really an adventure that's why we often say reading Sri Aurobindo is an adventure and we really mean it in that sense because uh, he's through words he's drawing you through words which are extraordinary right. he draws the month it's a it's a mantric book and, mm. and, and you have to understand the music of Savitri. 
and mm. I, i'll just illustrate it I, i'm reading uh, richard's chapter i'm just picked up a random line right uh, right savitri the book is in the other room so i don't want to uh, break this so uh, this is an iambic pentameter and uh, uh, let me uh, uh, express it to you musically sure so uh, the, the all the verses are in a in a iambic pentameter in, in meters of 10 so the woman first affronted the abyss daring to journey through the eternal night a curtain of impenetrable dead the darkness hung around her cage of sense you understand so this right. this uh, uh, this rhythm uh, once you get into the reading savitri this right. rhythm comes and it right. it comes unconsciously uh, you right. don't I, i'm i'm just giving you a kunji uh, 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 <laughs> find the text for you but the, there is this uh, you know this musicality there is a rhythm and right. uh, that that is there throughout this book throughout this uh, uh, those it's, it's it's a it's a thick book and right. uh, if you are venturing on this adventure we wish you all the very best because uh, this is this is the pinnacle of Sri Aurobindo. This is his final uh, uh, climactic <laughs> expression. He has he has honed it uh, seven times. Devi, no, well, some passages, some passages he rewrote fifty times. Fifty times. So this is a wow. perfect. This is a perfection of Sri Aurobindo. Yeah, and he said that at each each time that he was able to rise to a higher level of seeing or being, he was able to rewrite those passages with that consciousness. So it was he was also like working while writing. He was also using that as a medium to see how much he can bring of his realization and his experience into written form. So quite fascinating. So the work becomes a kind of record of his own yoga. Right. No, um, I think uh, I think I'm going to take up this adventure, and I'm glad that you have given me this short, uh, let's say, word of caution and encouragement at the same time for before I read this. And uh, you know, uh, not to go there, but Gautam, I think uh, I could see the dregs of Delhi when you mentioned Kunji. Like I've studied in Delhi for five years, a <laughs> so moment to mention the word Kunji. That it, it's the Delhi in you speaking that. Bob Dot. Uh, well, this has been great, gentlemen. But uh, unfortunately, we are towards the end of our podcast. We are running out of time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a fascinating conversation. Uh, really, an eye opener. And in fact, uh, to all my listeners and viewers, I would recommend that you, uh, as both of them very succinctly put it, read this bridge to one of the most fascinating uh, personalities from the previous century in India, whose works cover. practically everything that you can think of and has clearly much more depth than any one of us can fathom thank you gentlemen thank you so much for joining us today thank you siddharth pleasure thank you siddharth pleasure talking to you thank you thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed this podcast check us out on instagram youtube and all other social medias with the same name kitabi karwan we post delightful stuff about books opinions reviews posts uh, book club meetings a lot of other things happen on all our social media pages we would love to hear your feedback on the podcast or if you have some suggestions to have authors or editors translators anyone association with the world of books on our podcast do pass it on to us we'd love to have them thank you so much for joining in and as the cliche goes don't forget to like share and subscribe